Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp, Fightful.com. Here with a name you know, Matt Cardona, formerly Zack Ryder. We ain't worried about that anymore. Matt Cardona, how Zach you doing, Ryder's man? Zack Ryder's dead. He's dead. Broski's dead. How, <laughs> how excited are you to not throw Z on everything anymore? Well, I mean, there's the Z in always ready. That's still yes. there. I still hear, right? Uh, listen, that was a great chapter of my career. Um, very grateful for it. Proud of it. But it's done, so that's and, it. I hate saying the next chapter, but uh, it's not even the next chapter. It's a new book, brand new book, baby. One of the things about you during your WWE run, you had so many different variants of like your gear and all that stuff, and like so many of them had that Z thrown on them. Like, what yeah. do you do with all that now? Uh, well, uh, full disclosure. Uh, you know, a lot of it I keep for sentimental sure. uh, purposes, but once I got released, uh, if you're a fan of the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast, we have a Patreon-exclusive Facebook group, oh. and once Hawkins and I, or Brian and I got released, we sold all that gear, baby. Nice! <laughs> nice! That's right, that's right. I mean, there's certain things like WrestleMania gear, or like Star Wars-inspired gear, or, you know, there's a lot of different ones that I kept, Yeah, but... What's the point? And, and I'm uh, a gear guy. I love gear. I have so much gear. I always had new gear um, to the point when I was selling some of this stuff. I was like, did I ever wear this? You know, <laughs> yeah. like that's how much gear uh, I have had. Because um, I think in this business, there's only so many things you can control. Uh, your attitude, your physique, uh, your tan, and your gear, right? So you could always have good gear. There's no excuse. And, uh, I, and, you know, as a fan growing up, I always dreamt of having cool gear. And guys like Macho Man would always change up their gear. They'd wear the same thing, you know, twice, but not back-to-back. So I will never wear the same thing back-to-back. So, like, you know, eight months can go by, and you'll be like, you get new gear? I'm like, no, I just haven't worn it in a couple of months. You know, because I always like to have so much in the rotation. Yeah. That's one of the things I always appreciate. When somebody comes out every week looking a little bit different, like it's not the same black pants black shirt every single week because 
nobody does that like in real life. Nobody wears, or they shouldn't wear the same <laughs> clothes every single time you see them. Doug I, Funny did. Oh, he, he did. There was a guy I knew. Every time we saw him out, every Friday night, he wore a metal militia shirt. And I was like, that's yeah. a bold pick for for every single week. But right. how much gear did you have that was nondescript, and did you keep any of that for that specific reason? No, every everything had some sort of logo or you know had something on it. I don't yeah. I don't do plain stuff. Everything had some sort of trademark uh, logo on it, whether it be you know a catchphrase or a logo. Uh, I, I just love creating gear. Even as a little kid, of course, you know, you would always draw up your favorite wrestlers or drop what you would be, uh, you know, don't try this at home, but I was a backyard wrestler. So even then I'd always like having, you know, different gear, uh, you know, and my, my first ever tights I got from high spots, uh, oh, yeah. and I designed it in paint and the, on that, uh, on my old desktop, my old compact wow. computer and paint. Uh, so I was just always fascinated with gear. So you've, uh, Popped up on AEW programming. What's the first thing that stood out to you when you were backstage at AEW after being in, a, I would assume, a different kind of environment for, for so long? Yeah, it was, uh, was nerve-wracking because uh, I've said this in a couple of different interviews. It was like the first day in a new school, meeting all your new friends. And a lot of these people, if not all of them, I, I knew but didn't know personally whether I saw them wrestle on TV or, you know, have followed them on social media. So I knew who everyone was. And, of course, I watched Dynamite. So mm-hmm. I knew who everyone was. So it was weird kind of introducing myself to these people that I feel like I know but I don't really know. Uh, but the vibe was super cool and everyone was super, uh, super cool to me. So I appreciate that. How does a guy like yourself navigate free agency in this real weird time? Because – I mean, of, of of all the people that, that ended up departing WWE, I mean, your presence is is a little bit larger than all them. I mean, your social media is is insane at this level. So you've got this outstanding reach, but who knows what wrestling's going to look like in three, four, five, six months, let alone a year, because it looks so different three months before this. How how do you handle that? Like, what goes through your mind? Well, I, you know, like uh, when I got released, obviously it sucked, you know, not getting a paycheck. Right. Uh, <laughs> but I, I was so happy. I was so excited. It was like I need I knew that I needed this. I had been uh, thinking about this for a long time. I, I didn't resign the contract that was offered to me a year prior. And we were in negotiations for a whole year. My deal would have been up this August. So probably a couple more weeks. Uh, but I didn't know if I wanted to stay or go stay or go. You know, because that was my, 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 my dream, my, my family, my life for, for 14, 15 years. Um, so I didn't know what to do. And when the decision was made for me, oh, my God, it was like that anxiety that I didn't even realize I was dealing with every day was just instantly gone. And then I was so excited about the future. And I, I, love, I love to hustle, whether, whether it be on that old YouTube show or the major wrestling career podcast. I love being creative and hustling and seeing the results uh, to my hard work and now being free. You know, there's nobody that's going to stop me. If I want to work hard, if I fail, I fail. But I want to at least try. And uh, that's why I was so excited being free. And, it, and it's weird right now. There, there are no, like, independent. There's a couple going on here and there. But I want to wait till everything's safe. Uh, you know, I don't want to take any independent bookings and then have to cancel them. Uh, so that is uh, a weird predicament, not being able to wrestle uh, on these independents. But hopefully soon we'll be able to. Were you or were they surprised rather when you were like, nah, I think I'm going to pass on that that new contract offer. 
Uh, I don't think so because like I, we were still negotiating. So it's not like I just said, no, I don't want to resign. You know, we were still trying to come to terms. Uh, you know, uh, it was about, I guess around last WrestleMania before last WrestleMania, everyone, I shouldn't say everyone. I don't know. The majority of people started getting, uh, new deals, yeah. uh, new offers. And I was like, well, I don't know. Like, uh, I don't know if I want to sign for five more years, uh, because listen, like I'm very grateful for everything that, uh, you know, I've accomplished in my career, especially WWE, but you know, I've had the highest of highs, the lowest of lows. And now, you know, I'm 35 years old. I want to, I don't want to sit around anymore and just wait, you know, I, I've done that for too long. I want to be able to go out and, and do what I know I can do. One of the things and I had talked to a few people who got released, they, they were talking about how, how like smart Rhino ended up looking because they offered him double his downside and he was like, ah, maybe if you double that, I'll re-sign. And right. they were like, he would have ended up on the chopping block for sure. And he probably knows that had he re-signed. So there were guys like Gallows and Anderson who got those, those big deals. But you had, you had value like beyond your wrestling because major wrestling figure podcast has blown up. And the YouTube channel has blown up. Like I find myself watching it all the time. Well, thank you. I was surprised they didn't co-opt it like... Up, up, down, down. I thought that was the natural well, well, okay, so without, you know, we don't want to waste the whole interview on this. But <laughs> long story short, I learned my lesson from Z True Long Island story. Uh, if fair. it is Zack Ryder, whether you do it on your own or not, if you use WWE IP, it is instantly theirs. Mm -hmm. Okay? So everything I did under Z True Long Island story became theirs. And that's fine. That's fine. But I knew with this, and, and Hawkins and I, we, we pitched this to WWE. Let's do whatever it was going to be called, the Hawkins and Ryder Wrestling Figure Podcast. We were turned down. They said wow. no. Said no. They didn't see anything in it. We pitched something for the network. They said no. They, weren't, they didn't see anything in it, which is fine. And you know what? It's a blessing in disguise. Because one day we said, you know what? We're just going to do it anyway. But we're going to be Matt and Brian. And thank God we did. I think a lot of people were surprised that you all were even, quote-unquote, allowed to do that. Because for a while, they there were no like WWE personalities on podcasts. Then, from what I heard, people just kind of started doing it. They're like, well, we're independent well, contractors. The they can't you know, keep us that, from doing it. <laughs> that's the thing. I started realizing, well, so-and-so is doing this, and so-and-so is doing that. Well, why don't we just try it? Yeah. You know? What are they going to do? Tell us no? And if they do, great. But uh, so we did it. And luckily, no one ever told us no. We didn't hide it. You know, yeah. we promoted the hell out of it. Certainly didn't hide it. Uh, and thank God WWE turned us down because it would be gone right now. <laughs> yeah. It would be gone. It'd be over. And, and the podcast is so much fun, especially in that last year or so in WWE. It was my way of being creative. My way. It was my creative outlet. And it was just so much fun, whether, you know, whatever ridiculous idea I could think of or merch item I wanted, we could make it happen. And it was just so much fun. And I love that. And I, that's why I love being a free agent. Now we can do whatever we want. And if it fails, great. I love failing that I learn, you know, that's life. So considering that you've, you've collected figures like your whole life, how does it feel to know? And I don't know if it's something that you all would tout, but it's very clear that you all have had an economic impact on the wrestling figure industry based on the shows that you all do. <laughs> I did not collect figures before I started to listen to your all's show. And I was like, right. damn, I missed some of those ugly-ass Jack's BCA figures. I That's right, them. baby. 
I watched right. I watched the the history of ECW figures. I went to Toy HQ two days ago and bought a Taz figure. Like there you go. It you all ch- and you all have driven up the prices on some figures on eBay. Even yes, we one hundred percent have. Um, we didn't realize how powerful the podcast would be. We we knew that the adult wrestling figure community it's a it's a small you know community, but it's a diehard community, right? And we knew like okay, let's just do a podcast for us and for them. Well, we didn't anticipate with somebody like oh Zach and Kurt have a podcast. Let me listen, and they're like oh my god, those bone crunchers. I love those things. Let's go on eBay and buy the Ultimate Warrior. Whoa, yep. this is so cool. And then, and then they're at Walmart, and they're buying the new Mattel stuff. So we didn't anticipate uh, bringing in old fans and then creating people who never collected ever. So we didn't anticipate getting people from all different you know, walks of life and all different like, levels of collecting. And that's the best part about the podcast is so many different levels of collectors all coming together. One figure community, we like to say. I've probably bought from four different people over the last – two or three months, every single one has made some sort of deal with you in the past. And, <laughs> and this is, this is just in the, between Lexington and Cincinnati area alone, right? Like nowhere yeah. else, which is kind of, well, kind I, of I am the Michael Jordan of wrestling for your yes. collecting and guys, guys, listen, it's, it's a catchphrase. It's a joke. I don't think I have the best collection. I don't think I'm the best collector. It's just a catchphrase. Some people are like, Oh my God, he really thinks he has the best collection. He calls himself the Michael Jordan of wrestling. Come on, chill. Guys, it's a gimmick. It's well, a gimmick. The, one of the running jokes on the show is that you're not a sports guy either. Like you, <laughs> I'm not. It's not a joke. That's the truth. <laughs> yeah, but I love Michael Jordan. I love Space Jam. Yeah. So AEW, who reaches out to you? Obviously, everybody knows you. You you're friendly with Cody. Who reaches out to you, and how deep into free agency do they reach out to you to ask you to come in? I mean, it was one of those things that, you know, Cody is one of my good friends, if not one of my best friends. So it was kind of a no-brainer. Uh, you know, on our podcast, our producer would always joke like, AEW confirmed, and that like nerdy internet troll voice. But I was like, listen, nothing's confirmed yet. We're, we're talking. Uh, of course, like, of course I wanted to be and still want to be in AEW because it's the best. For how many years did we hear the next, the next Fed's coming, the next league's yeah. coming? And it never did, right? AEW, it, it comes, it arrives, and it exceeds all expectations, in my opinion. They're, they're mainstream, pay-per-views, live on TNT, action figures. This is the real deal. So who wouldn't want to be involved in this? Yeah, uh, so you show up there, and you're looking yoked, talk of the internet in that regard. That's another thing, too. Guys, I'm the same exact size. Maybe I gained, okay, from March till August. So March till July, let's say, maybe I gained like 10-ish pounds. And I think like a sloppy 10 because I was in like a bulking <laughs> phase kind of thing. And I didn't really – and then like I missed time my meals the last couple of days. So I hated how I looked. And like all these people are making it seem like I gained 100 pounds. One person compared me to 1996 <laughs> Ultimate Warrior. Listen, I wish I looked like the 1996 <laughs> Ultimate Warrior. Um but I think Hawkins said it best because we were talking about this on the Major Wrestling Career Podcast. I think because I was presented in a positive way, not just standing in the ring, already in the ring, Zack Ryder. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, look, compare pictures from February till July. I look exactly the same. So here's the thing, and I'm always interested in this. What is your legit weight? Because I asked EC3 his, and he's 
Jack. And he was like, right. He's like, how about 210 pounds? And I was like, what? what? He said he was that 200. Yes, 210 pounds. Me. So I have a lot of like body dysmorphia issues, right? <laughs> I know that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I will try, you know, I'll meal prep. And then I'm like, nah, screw this meal prep company. I'm going to, I'm going to cook it myself. I'm like, <laughs> Nah, let me meal prep, or I'll have a trainer. I'm like, nah, I just want to do my own thing. Oh, no, I need some structure. So I'm all over the place. I know that. Uh, right now, I'm around like 2 – it depends like what time of day, like 225 to 230. That's so a UFC heavyweight. Like, That's a UFC yeah, so maybe, heavyweight right there. Right. So maybe wake up 225, go to sleep 230. Um, I'd like to be around 230, but – uh, a little cleaner 230. I think sometimes a couple of weeks ago, I was like a little over 230. I was a little sloppy in my opinion. Um, but yeah, I mean, so I, I think I was announced on AEW at 232. So I don't, I don't like to lie yeah. or anything like that. So I, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I think that's a thing that maybe wrestling fans, they're, they're so used to those weights being exaggerated so much. As we film this, Daniel Cormier is going to face Stipe Miocic in a few days. Miocic is going to roll in there 242, and he's one of the biggest guys in the UFC. And no disrespect to John Silver, he's a smaller fella. So when you're standing there next to him, I mean, you look 6'8". You do look like 96 Warrior next to him. And he he is a one thick individual. The the quads on that man, the teardrop. Oh, my God. I've never been jealous of a man's (laughs) teardrop on his quad than John Silver. Quote me on that. I hope that's a headline, a clickbait headline. Okay. What What do you want the headline of this entire thing to be? I love Matt asking Cardona that to people. Matt Cardona is jealous. Matt Cardona is jealous of John Silver's teardrops. <laughs> I'm I kidding. Love Please it. don't make it that. <laughs> I think I think Hornswoggle, he was standing like six feet away from Ethan Page, and I was like, what do you want the headline of this to be? And he looked at me and he said, Ethan Page will never make it in the wrestling business. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) oh man Ethan Page another fellow collector yeah oh yeah I tried to get him to come to Toy HQ actually when when Impact hit Lexington like he's he's got a lot of stuff and again one of those guys that's into the vlogging and all that stuff like I think I think people are starting to see a formula that that you kind of presented where if you show that you're good at everything you can be trusted with anything type of thing like right how does that feel knowing that you're still in the prime of your career, but you have influenced like a bunch of people to do stuff like that? It's, it's wild because like, you know, people, they, they tell me all the time and they ask me, how does it feel that you were the first person to be like, listen, I wasn't the first person to tweet or, or, or have a web show or use the internet. Guys like Matt Hardy, hurricane, you know, there was even yeah. WWE stuff like the dirt sheet with Morrison and Miz. Uh, I wasn't the first per- Cabana had the podcast. Yes. You know, I certainly wasn't the first person, but I think I was the first person to, okay. Uh, use it to actually advance my career in a sense that, you know, I combined my wrestling quote-unquote character with my... Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. 
That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Real life personality kind of blended them together for everybody to see. Uh good or bad, you know, so I brought in my friends as characters, my my dad as a character, and I kind of incorporated WWE storylines without asking if I could, you know? <laughs> so I think that, and pushing the envelope, and, you know, saying things like, you know, without complaining and without being bitter, saying yeah. that, you know, I wanted to get over, and I wanted to get pushed, but in a funny way. I wasn't complaining, you know, like I said that WWE is dropping the ball with Zack Ryder. It was someone in a WWE shirt dropping a basketball that had Zack Ryder on it, stuff like that. So I hated, I, I hated the idea of I didn't want to be bitter or come across bitter or complain. Um, trust me, I've done it before. I, I'm sure Zack Ryder complained on this day. Listen, we've all done it. Uh, it's cringeworthy. I'm not proud of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think he it's all about, about their job. You know, like some, right, I think it's all about. Yeah, I think at this point, uh, at this point in my life, it's all about, you know, being positive and not positive in the sense that just accepting where you're at, you know, always wanting to work hard. And I say uh, always ready, but I, be- I believe that. I think you always have to be ready for any opportunity because some people are going to get handed everything. Some people are going to get handed some things and some people aren't going to get handed anything. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. Like you can't, you know, you can't. Everyone, everyone wants to be on top. Everybody wants to be the world champion to be undefeated. That's not life. You know what I'm saying? So if you get an opportunity and you want an opportunity, you better you better be damn ready when you get it. So we had heard, obviously, All In happened uh, a couple years ago. Uh, Chelsea worked the show, so obviously you were clued in on on that. How aware sure. were you of the, at the time that AEW was coming? Like, was that something that Cody kind of mentioned to you? Hey, I'm starting this thing. I don't know about that time. I think there were some rumblings, but still, like how many times have you heard rumblings? How many exactly. pay-per-views have there been? Uh, so it was one of those things that you you couldn't really believe it until you you saw it. Yeah, uh, and during that period, it may, maybe I missed this when I had asked you earlier, like who reached out to you? Was it Cody uh, when you were a free agent? Was he the one that said, hey, let's bring you in for, for a few dates. Let's see how it works. I mean, like it was Cody and I, we talk every day. So yeah. it was definitely conversations between Cody and I, for sure. Another thing that popped up as soon as you became a free agent, you and Brian in Retromania. I'm a big WrestleFest yes. fan. Yes. Explain to me, like, like how, I mean, obviously this, this seems right up your alley, but the process of making that happen. Literally the day we were released, <laughs> somebody from Retromania reached out. Might have been the day after. It was either the day of or the day after. Um, and who didn't love WrestleFest, right? Like yes. an iconic, uh, piece of, I think video game history, but definitely of my childhood. So to be in the official sequel, um, I just had to do it. Sign me up. Yeah. Baby. Where do I sign? Where do I sign? I'm very excited for that game. Like I, I was bummed when they pushed it back, but I'd rather them release a game that it's going to be complete and done and, and awesome. But when, when, you, when you see these video games, were you a big video game guy growing up? I was a huge video game guy growing up. Uh, I think around N64, that's where I, I kind of stopped because things became way too hard for me. <laughs> but even now, the other day, I was playing, like, uh, Revenge on N64. Yeah. Uh, so, like, those games, No Mercy, WrestleMania 2000, 
Uh, but then once it starts getting to like Xbox, like PlayStation 2, it just becomes too difficult for me and too time consuming where you could, you know, if you play uh, No Mercy, you can just do a Royal Rumble. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It can have some fun. But then you got to do the career mode. I was like, oh, my God, this is too much. I don't know how indie, how no indie company has picked up like Hanzo Man and Aki Man from yeah, the Revenge right. Games. <laughs> like, right. like ran them on there. So when you, you get to WDB and you're in a video game, what are you excited most for? To be in a video game or that check? Listen, I, okay, this is another funny story. So the first year we were downloadable, which whatever. Yeah. That's, I'll take it. Very, very excited. This was uh, um, a dream come true to be, you know, you want to have a T-shirt. You want to be in a video game. You want to have an action figure. Um, that first royalty check, I'll never forget. Uh, my dad called me and told me what it was, and I, like, was in my hotel room, and I dropped to the bed. I was like, what? I couldn't believe it. Um, and then <laughs> the years after that, that drastically went down and yes. down and down and down. I don't know exactly what happened. But uh, still very cool, like, the fact that we get paid to be in a video yeah. game. It's When you think about it like that, it's like, I get to be in a video game, and I'm getting paid? Yeah. Pretty cool. One of the wrestlers told me what they're going to make to be in that Battlegrounds game, which isn't going to sell a one. And I was right. still like, what that much and they're like oh and that's down from previous years like way down previous years that's the game with the alligator oh yeah 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 i fully believe i fully believe they were gonna have Braun get eaten by an alligator in that swamp just to promote the game (laughs) (laughs) cross promotion here uh we have a couple of interesting reader questions oh no dean m from Alexandria, Virginia, says, how much do oh, you Dean miss? Mutati? <laughs> Maybe. He says, how much do you miss Mojo Rawley? Um, I text Mojo every once in a while. I love Mojo personally. I hated working with him professionally. <laughs> Man. No, uh, when we first started as the Hype Bros in NXT, um, I didn't know anything about Mojo. He didn't know anything about me. It was... Uh, Triple H, uh, I believe it was his idea to put us together. And if it was Triple H's idea and this was an opportunity for me, I said, okay, let, let's do it. Uh, let's, let's make this work however we can. And actually, it's because of moving down or, or going down to NXT so often that I ended up moving to Orlando. So it's actually all because of Mojo, really, wow. that I met Chelsea because I met her in Orlando. So really, I got to thank Mojo for all this. Uh, but he was always a hard worker and always wanted to try different things. He was always wanted to learn um, but at the point where we became the hype bros on WWE TV, I was kind of over it already. We'd already been doing the hype bros for a year or so in NXT, mm-hmm. not really doing anything in NXT, just being there. And then they, I think the plan was to just do a couple months get, and call him up right away, but that never happened. Sure. So I was doing the WWE stuff, nothing significant, but then doing NXT, then WWE, NXT, just working all the time, which is great. I loved it. Uh, but then eventually I somehow became the intercontinental champion, <laughs> at, but the day before I'm at access teaming with Mojo's the hype bros. Oh. I'm like, do I really have to do this access match for NXT the day before the biggest match of my life? Did like, you, what if I get hurt? Did you know at that point, how far ahead did you know that you were going to win the title and then drop it the next day? I, I, I knew, I knew, <laughs> I knew. So at that point after, uh, I'd won the IC title and then I was, Still in the mix, and I was going for the U.S. title on a pay-per-view. Uh, I remember Arn Anderson was the producer of the match, and he was saying, like, okay, then Mojo's going to run out. I'm like, Mojo? He's not here. 
but he was he was hidden on a bus. Oh, and I'm so pissed that he didn't tell me. He was hidden on a bus. <laughs> they hid Mojo so on a bus I, like he was Ed yeah. coming back. Yeah. So oh. at that at that at that point in my career, I did not want to do the hype bros. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I still tried to make it work. It didn't work. It's one of those things. That it, was, it, it, it had no steam in NXT, right? Mm-hmm. So when it came on the main roster, nobody knew what it was. Didn't make any sense. Um, and then I got injured. And I, the first thing that popped in my mind was like, oh, my God, yes. The hype bros are done. The hype bros are done. And then Mojo went on to win the WrestleMania Battle Royal that yeah. year. I was like, oh, my God, they're definitely done. They're definitely done. And I was so excited. I was, uh, you know, listen, everything changes, right, all the time. But the plan was for me to come back and be in the Money in the Bank match that year. Mm-hmm. I say plan. Like, how many things change all the time. Yeah. But I ended up coming back the week before, making my big uh, big comeback in a backstage pre-tape <laughs> with Mojo, saying, I'm back, bro. And then we worked on uh, the kickoff match against Epico Primo. I'm like, well, back to the hype bros again. <laughs> we have a, a thing. Uh, it's... A phrase we call it getting mojoed on the show because he had that <laughs> he had that amazing selfie promo like in a car right. i think it was on you and WWE looked at that and i guess for some reason they're like oh well that's what made the promo great it was on it was on a cell phone it was a right. selfie not that not because he's a fantastic actor and cut a great promo it was right. yeah because it was a phone next thing no, you he, know he, he he has a great promo he can do he can do it all uh, vocally. And in the ring, I think he is great, too. I think he's a great, great heel. I think mm-hmm. as a baby face, he's too annoying for me personally. You know, like sometimes I would literally like face palm and shake my head on the apron for real when we were teaming. But I, I actually love working Mojo, believe it or not. Um, a lot of fun. And he listens and he's good. Another, I can't believe I just said that publicly. I, I Zach, think or Matt Cardona admits that Mojo is good. <laughs> I think he's way better than people give him credit for. Like every, uh, there's nothing that I see him do in the ring that I'm like, oh, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. Right. Like when he runs and across, hopefully, hopefully WWE will try to give him that mini push for the twelfth time, and yeah. it'll it'll take off. <laughs> I think that he would be a fantastic manager for somebody when the time comes too. Like he's he's such a great promo. Uh, right. We have another. He's a big dude, though. He's he's yeah. he's, he's, he, he's big. He's a, I think deceivingly big. Like you don't you don't look at him and, and see how thick he is and how tall he is until you stand next to him. It's that Harley race thing. Like they, if they right. had him manage, it'd have to be like Vader or somebody. All like right, I'm not talking about Mojo. This is my interview. Fair, fair. But we have another reader question. This is from Cody oh, R from Atlanta, and he says, "How did Matt get on the natural top ten body list after only doing one show?" <laughs> unbelievable uh i mean listen people have to compare me to the 96 warrior i do not agree with that i i heard that i was on the the top 10 body list uh, at aw which i'm very proud of thank you very much but the number one is uh pepper parks uh yeah he has an incredible physique uh i do believe that he shaves uh, his abs, like into his abs so with, his, with, like- his, with his stomach hair. He does have abs, but I think he accentuates that by shaving them in. But incredible physique on Pepper Parks. I mean, now you got to do a BTE gag where you're 96 Warrior and you know sell a pedigree for a little, <laughs> a little shots fired. You know what I'm saying? I, I could, I could uh, dust up that Ultimate Broski outfit. There you go. There you yeah. go. So you had mentioned... As we wrap up, like the AEW deal right now, short term, but you want to be there longer term. Are those ongoing talks? How does that work? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, listen, uh, I didn't come to AEW to just get 
a t-shirt on shopaw.com, right? Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a very nice shirt, but that's not why I came to AEW. I came to AEW, uh, you know, to win championships, to have great matches, to have fun, right? Uh, so I would love to wrestle Cody uh, for that TNT title or, or go for the AEW title, maybe team with Cody for the tag team titles. But I just love, like, just being in the ring uh, for the first time in five months, uh, a couple of weeks ago on Dynamite, it was just so much fun. Like, I was very nervous before. I watched it once. I'll never watch it again. Like, that's it. But uh, I loved it. I loved the whole experience. And I, that's, that's what wrestling should be, I think. And uh, I, I can't wait to do it again. And uh, we've heard some murmurs, some rumors from or of people that have been released by WWE that maybe they were re-offered deals or something like that. But none of them have that i've spoken to had that did they offer you back or did they say oh maybe we'll bring I, you back i was I, I mean i think everyone got the maybe we'll bring you back yeah talk that first day um but i i was never offered anything and i i don't want to go back yeah. i mean never say never everyone goes back you know what i'm saying everyone goes back eventually um but my goal right now is not how can i get back to wwe that's not the goal uh i was very very, you know, I love WWE. I love my time there. It was my dream, my childhood dream, and I lived it for 14 years, and I'm so grateful for that. But I'm not trying to go back there right now. I'm mm-hmm. trying to go out there and, you know, do what I can do, do what I, I know I can do. And, you know, I don't want to prove people wrong. You know, who cares? I want to prove all my supporters right, and I just want to have fun, and I want to create stuff. I, you know, the podcast has taken off, and I just, oh, man, just the, when the wrestling world opens up, I know the fans are going to be eager the, uh, the wrestlers are going to be eager, and it's just going to be an amazing time to be a wrestler. Yeah, as we finish up, tell the people about the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast. I put it over all the time. We were going to do a, a show every Friday. It was going to alternate. One was going to be figures, one belts, one merchandise, and one video games. Then I heard your show, and I was like, we can't do a better figure show than that, so we're, we're not doing one. Right. <laughs> and now I'm a regular listener. I'm about an hour and a half deep into your all's Hasbro uh look or your the complete history of hasbro right now tell the people like right where they can find it where they can check it out well the major wrestling figure podcast this is very confusing because a lot of people don't understand what a podcast is right yes. so like we have a youtube channel so people are like oh i watched your podcast on youtube it's confusing because it's called the major wrestling figure podcast youtube channel but the videos we put up on youtube are not video versions of the audio podcast yes. Right. So every week, every Friday, there's an audio podcast and you might be thinking, what could they talk about every week? Trust me. Sometimes we have to stop ourselves from talking. It's about, you know, old stuff, new stuff, the news, our favorite versions of certain guys. It's just a lot of fun. A lot of, you know, just like two dudes. And then our producer, Smart Mark, he's in there, too, just having fun. But then the videos are like us, you know, reviewing figures, unboxing figures, searing for figures, you know, figure hunts. I watched a draft a week ago. Right. And now we have turned, we now have a spinoff show, the Figure Wrestling Federation, every Wednesday. This is the most ridiculous concept in the history of wrestling, where Brian and I have drafted uh, two separate rosters. Uh, I am the president of Turmoil. He is the president of Thrill Zone. We have drafted rosters, and we're using wrestling figures to recreate the Attitude Era. So WWF, WCW, ECW figures are all legal, and we're on week two, and we are rebooking the Attitude Era. Uh, It's so much fun because I guess we're playing with figures again because we're setting up figures for figure photography. We're doing – it's the most ridiculous thing ever. It's It's a quick listen. It's an hour long. 
it's it's really ridiculous. If you haven't listened to it, uh, check that out. It's on the, the major wrestling fair podcast feed. So every Wednesday, the FWF, and every Friday is the uh, the main podcast. I am offended that the Austin that got drafted was that one. Like he didn't look like angry Austin. He looked like concerned Austin. The the first Austin. Are you talking about the number one draft pick, Bad yes. Boys Series Four, Stone Cold Steve Austin? Here, here's the thing, because that that's the Austin though. Oh, there were man. there were better Austins maybe, Way but better. that was the first. There were that was the first Austin. And if I'm doing, if I'm booking, listen, I'm I'm like using these figures to book. I can't just book <laughs> in my head. I need the figures in front of me. Yeah. So like I I need those nostalgic childhood feelings, and that's what I get when I hold that figure. If I get one of the later like two tough Austins where he's jacked up, has the knee brace. Okay, cool. Maybe that's a better figure. But that original one with the stars and the boots, that's my Austin. That's the number one draft pick. I call that the the March ninety six concerned about his booking Austin. And then later <laughs> on you get the you get the angrier, I'm confident I'm gonna throw the title in the river, Austin, where he knew yes. and as I've collected these BCAs, I realize any excuse to put out an Austin figure, oh, they bro. did. And Over oddly this- it looked the same way with Edge, too. That Edge figure, ugliest damn Edge head. Well, maybe second ugliest. It got to the point, I think that the figures started to inspire Edge's gear, not the other way around. Like, they would release so many versions of these guys. This past year, I, I don't know why I decided to do this, but I wanted to get every single bone cruncher. Yeah. Uh, every single one. So I did it. Uh, it's complete. But yes, the amount of Stone Cold Steve Austin's and, and and some of them are just in like made up t-shirts. Yes. You know, some of them are in like ridiculous outfits. Uh, but they were so bad, and that's what makes them so good today. Check it out, guys. Major wrestling figure podcast. You can see uh, Matt on AEW programming as well, their YouTube channel. One of my personal favorites. Thank you so much for for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Thanks, man. That was a lot of fun. Till next time, guys. We're out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.